0: Devontae Adams didn't really compare Derek Carr to Aaron Rodgers, did he? Plus, how the secret to unlocking this Packers offense in a post-Devontae Adams world might have nothing to do with the receivers. You are locked on Packers. I feel
1: like we can run the table. To do Your
0: daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Float Your team Pop! every day. Touchdown! you locked on Packers. Part locked on. Every day I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for the Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers, their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting. Starting our day with you. Devontae Adams made some noise on social media and on the talking head shows because what we saw was a snippet. A snippet that was taken out of context and created, made it seem like he was comparing Derek Carr to Aaron Rodgers. And he was because he was asked to do that and he said that they have similar talent and ability okay obviously no but the full context of what he says is so different and I think it's important that we talk about it I also think it's important to talk about this uh, idea of what it means for this other player that is currently on the Packers roster. But here is the full context of what Devontae Adams said. Devontae, I was wondering, you mentioned Rodgers. Um, what are some of the maybe subtle similarities or differences between Rodgers and Carson since you've worked with both of them for so many years?
1: Um, whew, that's a tough question. I mean, it's tough to compare. It's, it's really apples and oranges. Um Derek, Derek. I mean, it's just, it's just such a different ball game. I mean, obviously, you have Aaron, who's cemented as you know one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, and you know that's just like comparing me to like Jerry Rice. You know, it, it'd be tough to do because Jerry's put together what he's done, and it's it's undeniable respect for him um, and me. I'm still, I'm still going, and there's still a lot that I got to do to be able to. Be mentioned with Jerry, and I and I'm aware of that, and I think Derek is also aware of that. Um, you know, from a big picture, but as far as talent and ability, I mean, it's really similar. If you, if, if I'm keeping it real. Derek's arm strength, and, and they throw the ball a lot different. Like, Derek is going to fire it in there, and you, you're you going to know that things coming quick, and Aaron's got the ability to just kind of tighten that core up and just flick the ball to you. So the, the release is a lot different, but being able to get the ball to you late, you know, if they see you coming out of a break, not many quarterbacks can get it to you before you get to the sideline, you know, if you're outside the numbers already. But having two guys like that with really strong arms and understand the game and, um, you know, the mental part of it is a, another similarity that they have is – they both obsess over it and, and they know everything that's going on out there. A lot of times I've seen Aaron call out a blitz when the safety's, you know, 17 yards off the ball, just just kind of creeping back there. He said in practice, hey, he's coming. And I'm like, what? And then sure enough, dude comes flying on the snap from 17 yards down the field. So I've seen that from Aaron. And then I've seen Derek literally give me a check that didn't make any sense to me before in college. Here, same thing. And, you know, we, we score a touchdown on it. So um a lot of similarities but but much different and i think derek is in a position where he's He's chasing to to be one of those all time greats like that, which is like I said, um, that's not a slight on Derek whatsoever. I wouldn't be here if I was if I was slighting Derek, but um, I don't think that I'm ready to compare myself to Jerry Rice just yet. We'll see when it's all said and done, um, you know, or after some more time. Just to to be fair, um, overall, and and I think the same is with Derek. We you know we both chasing it and still got a lot in front of us.
0: I mean, he literally starts by saying it's apples and oranges, so. He is understanding that sort of at its root, this is an unfair comparison. Now, he also compares um, that comparison to comparing him to Jerry Rice, which is kind of silly because Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in the league, Derek Carr, not one of the four or five best quarterbacks in the league, probably not one of the eight best quarterbacks in the league, but probably one of the best 10 or 12 quarterbacks in the league. It is a smart point to make. To say, well, he's got talent, he's chasing greatness just like I am. And it's going to be up to him to support his quarterback. and he doesn't want Derek Carr to feel like, you know, when you when you're when you're dating someone new, you don't want to make them feel like they're inferior in any way to your ex. And that can mean a lot of different things, but you, you don't want them to feel that way. So he gave, I, th- I thought, a, as diplomatic an answer as he could give while giving Aaron Rodgers full credit for being an all-time great and still saying, look, Derek Carr is chasing greatness too. He is chasing a standard, but it's unfair to compare him to Aaron Rodgers because he hasn't proven it yet, but that he can be great. And I think if you're Devontae Adams, you probably have to think that on some level is true, that that Derek Carr can be great in order to want to go play with him in Las Vegas. The other part of this is what it signals about Aaron Rodgers' future, and therefore what it signals about Jordan Love. When Adam says, I didn't want to risk playing, I I have plans to do big things, I'm sure he's thinking about records and stats and all pros, and he's trying to make the Hall of Fame and you know we can we can talk about the value of that versus trying to win because he certainly would have had a much better chance to win in green bay than he's going to have in las vegas that's that's not what we're doing here for him to say i didn't want to risk one or two seasons of aaron and then him not being there i think that the the diplomatic reading of that is just that it's a risk and i know that that there's going to be some people who say, well, we already knew this. Aaron Rodgers said this. Well, he didn't, really. In fact, he went on Pat McAfee's show and said he was surprised that Devontae Adams ultimately still wanted to be traded once Rodgers shared with him his plan, which presumably means that Rodgers wanted to play for sure one more year, probably two more years, and then maybe a third year. And his contract is set up to make all of that Work Now, he admitted, yes, it's year to year, but the reason it's year to year is actually semantic and nerdy and not interesting because of the way that they can move money in the contract, the way that they can spread this. They have there's a big bonus that the Packers can take, turn into signing bonus rather than a roster bonus and spread out the money, which makes his cap hit less in 2023 than it looks like it's going to be right now. Okay, so that part of it, that's why it's year to year is they set it up so that at the end of every season they can make a decision and then, okay, bang, they pull the lever and they can extend that one season. And Rodgers probably did that in the off chance that things go south and he wants to be traded. I think he wants to play at least two more seasons. And so I think that is part of the deal here. I don't think it is at all obvious that Aaron Rodgers is just like, actually playing this out I think he has a plan of what he'd like to do and so there's always a group of people who get mad when the Packers beat writers and and people like me the Packers media assume things I try not to assume things and then when we point out hey Devontae Adams actually explicitly said a thing no one has said really in that way before and they go well we already knew that okay congratulations your congratulations um and then there is going to be a group of people, a group of fans who say, well, this, this proves that he thinks Jordan Love sucks. No, he thinks Jordan Love is not going to be as good as Aaron Rodgers and not going to be as good as Derek Carr. And certainly he's not as sure about Jordan Love being as good as Derek Carr because we haven't seen Jordan Love be as good as Derek Carr. Now, forget Aaron Rodgers. We haven't even seen him be, be as good as Derek Carr. So that's that's not a crazy take. Jordan Love is an unknown. He is a relative unknown. We know very little about what he looks like in games. We've seen him play in one and a half games. And he probably would have looked a lot better if he had, you know, more time, a full offseason to play with Devontae Adams. He's not going to get that. So I, I don't think we should take what Devontae Adams is saying as shade at Jordan Love. Because really all he said was that it was a risk that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be there and he wants to put up gaudy numbers. So it's a it's a bigger risk to bet on Jordan Love than, first of all, to have Aaron Rodgers be there. Duh. If Aaron Rodgers, if we knew Aaron Rodgers was going to play three, four, five years, it wouldn't be a question. And then two, that Derek Carr is a surer thing than Jordan Love. Well, once again, duh. All right, we are going to talk about An underrated key to the Packers offense, something that we're already seeing, in fact, the Packers implementing and something that I was advocating very strongly for in terms of the changes, the tweaks that this offense can make coming up in a second before we do that let's talk about our friends at blue nile at blue nile.com you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment find jewelry as unique as they are with the modern convenience of online shopping at blue nile.com build the engagement ring of their dreams to celebrate life's special moments with fine jewelry no matter what you're looking for blue nile has jewelry on experts on hand 24 7 make your moment sparkle with jewelry from blue nile.com and locked on packers listeners get 50 dollars off purchases of 500 or more this podcast exclusive includes engagement rings that's code locked on plus every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside shop stress-free and find your forever peace at blue nile.com And the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft starts June 16th with over 50 insiders. Nothing equals the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board Draft Experts plus the Odyssey Insiders first pick June 16th. That's coming up. Search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick. So going back to last offseason, one of the things that I really wanted to see this offense do was lean into the offense we saw against the Rams in a world where everyone wants to play too high. And I'm talking about the Rams in the playoff game in 2020, year 2021, 2020 season, you get it. And that was run the ball, control the line of scrimmage, underneath short passes, tenderize that defense. It's the old body blows theory. And when they're going to come flying down to stop the run, go over the top and what we saw was Aaron Jones a lot in that swing motion we saw a lot of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon on the field at the same time and make teams pay for playing light boxes against heavy personnel 21 personnel two running backs that's heavy whether it's a running back and a fullback or two running backs. And let's be honest. I don't know if you've seen AJ Dillon's quads lately, the Donald driver softball game. They are looking thick with about five C's. And he, he, he we saw actually some looks where they were, they had him play fullback. He was lead blocking on some plays. Now they're not running, you know, inside uh power runs where he's it's, you know, halfback lead. Like we're not seeing those, that kind of stuff, but he can do that, I think, if if you need him to. Plus, you bring back Kylan Hill. Uh, and and so that that adds some diversity to your running game. It makes you feel a little bit better about what's going on. And, and Matt LaFleur was asked about the running back situation, said injuries played a factor in in all of that. The Packers last year could not make teams pay for playing light boxes. Could not make teams pay for playing two deep safeties in the run game. That is a big Problem. And the reason that they were able to create big plays so successfully in 2020 at a rate much higher than in 2021 is that run game. When you can make teams have to account for that run game, it just stresses them in a different kind of way. And I know this is a close cousin to the, um, the, the, the play-action idea of you don't need to have a good running game to have a good play-action game. That's true to a point. The problem is if your passing game, your short passing game, especially with Aaron Rodgers, is so lethal. It's sort of like why bang your head against the wall with the run game when it's not working. And that's what it was last year. Now, part of that, a big part of that, I think, is the injuries to the offensive line. It held up in pass protection because they were because Aaron Rodgers is a savant. He's able to get you in the exact right plays, the exact right protections. And so long as the protections hold up in terms of assignments, you might get beat. But as long as everyone knows who to block, and that was not always the case with Royce Newman on the field, you should be okay. Well, with David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins on the field, plus Josh Myers back healthy, whoever is starting at right guard, probably going to be an upgrade over what they had last year because it's either going to be Royce Newman who beats out these other guys, or it's going to be Sean Ryan, or it's going to be Zach Tom, or it's going to be someone that emerges. As the guy. And then you have Elton Elton Jenkins at right tackle when he comes back. So that's going to be a much better offensive line that gives you a better chance to run the ball. They're going to use two running back sets more this season. When you go back and look at 2020. They played 21 personnel on 2% of snaps two that is incredibly low that is 10 times less often than a team like the patriots uh, a team like the falcons the 49ers were in 21 personnel i think in the case of warren sharp that this is from sharp football stats they count kyle use check as a running back 34 percent of the time So that is an enormous gap. And it's also a very big gap from what it was in 2020. The Packers played those two running back sets 14% of the time. Now you're probably going, okay, 14%. That's not, it's not a big deal. Well, yes and no, because there's a big difference between doing something twice a game and doing something six times a game or eight times a game. That's a big difference, or or ten times a game. Now percentages, yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna change the percentages that much, but they could be doing it a lot more. And if what you're doing is sacrificing times you're you're running eleven personnel, which they probably should do because you want to get your best. This is the same concept: your best five offensive linemen, your best five defensive backs, just get them on the field. Well, your best eleven, your best five playmakers. Get them on the field. Well, their best five playmakers right now means having Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon both on the field because there is no receiver that should be on the field over either A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones. Maybe on the whole roster, but certainly outside of who we expect the starting outside receivers to be. Alan Lazard and Sammy Watkins are going to be on the field in these two running back sets. There isn't a receiver who should be on the field over A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones in those situations, especially given their run pass Versatility. The thing about playing two running backs is the Packers last year had the fourth highest success rate in the league when they played two running backs. 59% success rate, well above league average, which was 50%. And well above what it was in 2020 when they had a 52% success rate. They were good with it the last time they tried it. They're going to be good with it again, and it is the best way for them to keep defenses honest. If you want to play two deep safeties, okay, here's heavy personnel, and here's a run up the middle. Here's a run to the sidelines. Can your guys get sideline to sideline? Okay, can you can you handle downhill power? Can you handle gap? Can your linebackers sift through the trash? Make them play. And then when you establish the run, that allows you to be a little bit more creative. Now, I'm again, I'm not establish the run guy. But if the only way you can move the ball is throwing it, you don't have a credible threat to run. And play action is best utilized when you have a credible threat to run. And if you're the Packers and you just stop doing it because it's not working, it becomes really difficult to A, have success when you do run, which is bad to not have success and B to get to your play action game. Because if team thinks, if teams think you're just going to give up on the run game, especially if they can stop it with two deep safeties, there's no reason for those safeties to come down because they don't, they don't care. They, they, they've stopped you. They've stopped you enough all game that why am I, why am I coming down? So I know I'm, I'm, I'm towing the line of you have to run the ball to set up the play action. But it's, it's more than that. You have, to, you have to create some semblance of balance to make up for the fact that you don't have other playmakers. You need to get A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones going. They are the guys with the balls in their hands who can make those plays. So you need to set them up for success. It's, it's honestly more about that. Now, there are some tactical things, schematic things that they can do. Those RPOs where you have Aaron Jones going in motion, and you can either give to A.J. Dillon inside or throw the swing screen to to Aaron Jones. I love those. They were wildly successful against the Rams. And I don't know why that's not the base RPO offense. If you're going to run RPO a million times a game, that's the RPO to run. Now, maybe without Devontae Adams, that's exactly what they do. Whereas instead of, okay, you see the look. If you get the front you want, you run it. And if you don't, you throw a little, you know, a little glance route to Devontae Adams. Well, that is great when you have Devontae Adams. When you don't, you have to manufacture ways to get your best players the ball. And Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are your best offensive threats. They're your best playmakers. So you have to find ways to get them the ball. Number one, that means running it. And you have to be able to run with heavy personnel, if they're going to play two two deep safeties, you have to make them pay for playing light boxes against you. It just opens up so much. The middle of the field, it opens up everything for your offense. If you can't do that, teams are not going to respect your run game, which means they're not going to care about the play action game. They're just going to sit back there and wait. And second, your best guys need touches. And so if you're going to abandon the run game because it's not working, you need to have a plan B. Because you still need to get A.J. Dillon the ball. You still need to get Aaron Jones the ball. Go back to the 49er game in 2020 when Aaron Jones was coming off injury. They go into San Francisco against a depleted 49er team. No A.J. Dillon. But that team did have Jamal Williams. And they ran a bunch of two-back sets with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. You go back to the 49er or the, the, the Vikings game. Beautiful opening drive. Where they go... With the, their two running backs, I just don't understand why that has not been a bigger part of this offense for the entirety of the Matt Lafleur era. For all the same reasons, I don't understand why they haven't run Leak and they haven't done a lot. Of, some of this, the core Shanahan stuff that we expected. I'm hoping we see that. I don't want to predict that we see it because I predicted we we would see even more of it in 2020 and 2021, and we didn't um, for reasons that still remain somewhat unclear to me. Um, or at least the logic of which is is still unclear to me. I just don't know what options they have. Here's the thing. They're doing it. They're doing it. They showed it in minicamp. They showed it in, in OTAs. This is going to be a part of the deal. Two running backs on the field at the same time. Pre-snap motion. Different alignments. Different formations. Both guys split out. Both guys in the backfield. One guy in the backfield and one guy split out. Uh, at, at pre-snap motion where you motion a guy out. Jet motion. I mean, Aaron Jones took multiple jet sweeps in that that 49er regular season game in 2020. He was the whole offense. And I, I just I am I am into the idea of Matt LaFleur saying each week, tailor the matchups to getting the ball in the hands of your playmakers, whoever's hot that week or whoever has the advantage that week. If it's a fast team, maybe you give them AJ Dillon. If it is a power team, maybe you show them Aaron Jones. Uh and and you attack that way. I think that works. I think there are there's so much flexibility that they can extract from this two running back set because those are your two best players. Get the best playmakers, the ball, on the field, wherever you can get it to them, and that's it. That's the game. The same way you did with Devontae Adams. Feed them, and that doesn't just mean handoff, handoff. In, outside zone left, inside zone right, outside zone left, inside it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be that. It can be. You'd like it to be that where it can be that simple if you want it to be. But chances are in the playoffs, it's not going to be. And so that's why you need these counters. Before we finish up, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including we got the NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Finals, we've got Major League Baseball, golf. MMA, UFC, Boxing, Bet Online, your continued source for all of your sports wagering info, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league. Because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. Follow Locked On NFL every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. We're going to go here in a second. uh, But one, one other thing that riled up some of the dark recesses of Packers Twitter is Odell Beckham commenting on a Packers Instagram page with Aaron Rodgers. Saying, hey, Aaron. A couple emojis. It's just, this is something to watch. This is something to keep an eye on uh because the rams have, have said we want him back players coaches and odell has not made any sort of that this is this is still the best place for him to come get his yards come get his money and maybe come get another ring i'm just saying keep an eye on that let's keep an eye on that all right we're gonna be back on wednesday it's a monday wednesday friday edition this week again uh go check out the leap we've got our monday newsletter which is always free on the leap a newsletter i would love for you to subscribe to go check that out follow me on twitter peter underscore bukowski follow the podcast on twitter locked on packers like us on facebook subscribe to the podcast itunes spotify google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts you will find locked on packers at any time You want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline. You can do that. 920-341-3775. To stay Locked on Packers.